As you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. You mean it, vision. vision. I absolutely love talking about vision because it's such a distinguishing factor for each and every one of our lives. Vision is so powerful and it's vital for us if we want to move forward as a church. We've got to have a vision. If not, there's division and there's people doing everything else. But we've got to have a vision. We've got to come together. But not only corporately, it's so important individually that you have vision for your life. As we step into a new, not a season, a lot of times we can say we're stepping into a new year, it's a new season for me. I want to change that thought and not a new season but a new purpose. Say with me purpose. Not a season but a purpose. 2015 is a time, yes, for you to build for your future but for you to step in with a new purpose. Let me show you what I mean. I believe there's a difference between season and purpose. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says this, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Let me paraphrase that verse for you if I may today. To everything there is a season, which is the time for every purpose purpose under heaven. There is a season, a time for my purpose. Come on, say with me, my purpose. There is a season, which is a time for every purpose. Season is a time. It comes and it goes. A purpose, I believe, is something different. Purpose is a consistency, something that I believe needs to remain. Come on, we've got summer, we've got what? We've got fall, we've got winter, we've got spring. Seasons come and go. We're getting ready to be soon out of football season. On February the 1st, football season will be over. We go in and out of seasons. Different clothes are in seasons. Different hairstyles are in seasons. What happens? They come and go, but purpose... I believe, is something different. I don't want this new year to be a new season for you that's going to come and it's going to go. I want this to be a new purpose for your life that you turn around and say, I want a consistency in my life this year. I don't want to be this way and I don't want to be that way. Too many Christians are seasonal Christians. Come on, they're seasonal Christians. They come out at Christmas, joy to the world. Then they kind of die for a little bit. Oh, come back at Easter stronger than ever. 
not, not summertime though, go out, you know, the weather's nice, don't want to go to church. Too many seasonal Christians that are not living a purposeful life. Purposeful life. Ever seen a yo-yo? Any, anyone ever played with a yo-yo? I wished I had one today. Not good with it, so I'd have messed it up. But what does a yo-yo do? It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and down. A lot of Christian yo-yos. A lot of Christian yo-yos. Up one minute and down the next. A life of extremes. How many people today believe that your life, that your purpose for living on this life, on this earth, is to bring glory and honor to God? People will see your good works, the scripture says, and will give glory to God. We're going to look at that a little bit later. But your life... Your purpose is to point people, to lead people to Christ. So how does that fit the bill if I'm a spiritual yo-yo? It's good when you're up. It's good when you're up because everyone around you knows you're up. But the problem is that's a false up. And it's not sustainable for most people. But what happens when your life crashes down? Come on, you know someone like this. Maybe you're looking at that person every day in the mirror. You know what it's like. Oh, God bless you. God, everything's going great. And the next day, oh, just want to die. Can't take it. Absolute extremes in their life. Oh, it's great for God when we're up here. But what happens to God and our testimony and our witness when we crash down? For some people, they can set their calendar to the life of some people's spirituality. They can watch and say, oh, I'll give them six more weeks and watch. Oh, there it goes again. I can set it here another eight weeks and they're bam. going to. How many would say that's not good? And that's definitely not God. That's not God's vision for your life. That's not the plan that God has for your life because his plan is for purpose. For you to have a purpose, to see a consistency in your life. To see stability being built in your life. So you're not like this. Come on, but you're just steady through life. That when circumstances and situations come, you may dip a little bit and you may peak a little bit. But it's not so drastic that you're either in or you're out. You're either totally up or you're totally down. And I want us to step into a new year with a purpose. A new consistency in our life. That we're going to maintain the course. That we're going to be faithful. That we're going to be planted. That we're going to be committed. Look what it says in Philippians 2 verse 13. It says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey Him and the power to do what pleases Him. Well, I can't live for God. Well, that's not true because God says He wants to work inside of you to give you first the desire But then God wants to equip you with the power that you can live out that desire, that you can live a life that what pleases Him. This is not pleasing Him. Up one moment, rock bottom the next. That's not pleasing God. But God wants us to live a life that's pleasing to Him. And a life that's pleasing to Him is a life that's going to touch other people. I was talking to mum the other day in the car, just driving home from the church. And I said, you know the problem why people are not coming to church today? You know why the lost are not being saved? I said, because the saved are living lost. 
The lost are not being saved because the saved are living lost. They're living defeated in their minds. They are gossipers. They are doing everything they can to destroy and to stop people. Come on. God gives us the power to live a life that's pleasing Him. And you and I need to start living a life that's pleasing. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine. How should my light shine? I'm telling you how. Constantly. Consistently. Each and every day, let your light so shine, what? Before men, that they may see your good works. That's the wrong scripture right there. That they may see your good works and what? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. As a result of your light shining, never going out, but being constant, the Bible says that people will see your good works. Shout with me, character. Because that's what you are. That's what's going to be seen. Your character will be seen. And what happens? People will start to glorify God. There'll be those that will give their hearts to Christ. A life of character. A life of fulfilling His will and plans. Which will lead others to Him. You and I are called to be the signpost to Christ. To lead other people. That's our purpose. That's our call. That's not my season. I don't stand some days and not the next. Come on. I've got to be standing each and every day. That's my purpose. That's my calling. That's the vision and the plan God has for my life. That I can point other people to Him. That even when I'm down, I'm still pointing them to Him. Even when it's the best day of my life, I'm still pointing them to Jesus. I'm not living the extremes, but I'm being constant through it. The vision that we need to have for our lives. Proverbs 29, 18, that's that scripture, where there is no revelation. Come on, where there is no revelation or vision. Shout with me, vision. Where there is no vision for your life, the people cast off restraint, but happy, happy is he who keeps the law. Proverbs 29, 18, New Living says, when people do not accept divine guidance, I like that. You want to know what vision is? The divine guidance of God for your life. When people don't accept and they, and they want to go their own way, the Bible says they're going to run wild. They're going to run wild. I thought about it this way. Living without vision is like going in your car and all you can use is the gas and the brake. See how far you're going to get if all you can use is the gas and the brake. You're not going to get far and you're not going to like how you arrive because you're going to have a wreck. Come on, vision is grabbing a hold of the steering wheel and being able to maneuver through while you've got your gas and your brake. But if there's no vision in your life, you take out the steering mechanism of your life and you are just running wild. Not only causing problems for your life, but you're going to be a menace to other people's lives and you're going to cause problems for them also. So today in talking about vision, I want to use this thought. Are you ready? Someone else's sacrifice. Someone else's sacrifice. Someone else's sacrifice. Why would you say that? Because someone else made the sacrifice or is sacrificing for you to sit where you are right now. I look at my grandfather. My grandfather stepped out of organized religion, if you want to say that, over 50 years ago. Their heart and their desire was they knew that there was more 
that God had for them than just coming to church, hearing the same things over and over again. They were seeking the Holy Spirit that they believed was a power that they needed in their life. It was resistant by the organization they were in. They stepped out of that. They sought God. They they, they stepped away from friendships. They stepped away from relationships. They stepped away from people. People ostracized them, looked at them and said, you're crazy, walked by them on the streets, wouldn't even talk to them anymore. But I want to tell you today that you are sitting here today because of the sacrifice that my grandfather made. I today am running a great church. Kelly and I are leading a great church. Why? Because of the sacrifice my grandfather, and not just my grandfather, but my parents, made for my life. Not even while I wasn't even born, making a sacrifice, giving up on friendships and walking away. My grandfather in our city was labeled as crazy. He was labeled as crazy. Why? For his commitment to God. Everyone else wanted to live for God, but they wanted also a little bit of the world as well. And my grandfather stood up and says, no, 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 no. This is the way and this is the only way. And people labeled us as crazy. They used to say in our church, we were the church that climbed the walls. And the reason why was we were on the corner of a street and there was big windows and they were kind of, they weren't really stained glass, but they were like that smoked glass where you couldn't really see through them. And we would get excited in church and we'd be jumping, we'd be praising God. And from the outside, it looked like people were climbing the walls. They called us the church that was climbing the walls. But we were known as a church that stood for holiness, sanctification. And for the truth of God's word. It was a sacrifice. But today we are sitting because someone else made the sacrifice for us. Remember Peter in the boat? Remember that time when Peter was in the boat with the disciples and there was a storm? Jesus had just fed the multitude. He sent them away and said, you just go to the other side. I'm going to go and pray. And in the middle of the night, in the middle of the ocean, in the sea that they were in, the Sea of Galilee, there was a storm. They're worried, they're freaking out, what's going to happen to us? And all of a sudden they see what they think is a ghost at first, but it happens to be Jesus. And he's what? He's walking on the water. Come on, you've got to read the Bible. There's some good stuff in the Bible. Jesus is walking on the water out to them. And what did Peter do? Remember what Peter did? Here's what Peter did in Matthew 14, verse 28. And Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if that's you, come on, I don't know what happened to my scriptures today. For if that is you, he said, Lord, if that's you, command me to come to you on the water. I mean, come on, I mean, Peter, I mean, here's me. If I'm in the boat, God, if that's you, hurry up and get over here real quick. But Peter's like, God, if that's you, bid me to come to you. And what did he do? He stepped out because Jesus said, come. He stepped out and did something that was labeled as crazy. Can you imagine what the other disciples in the boat were saying that day? What's wrong with you? I mean, we're going down probably anyway, but the safest place at least is with the boat. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, he's Jesus. You're not Jesus. What do you think is going to be accomplished? Stay in here. But I wonder what the conversation was when he got back into the boat. Or, well, he sunk. No, he didn't sink. He began to sink. And he walked back into the boat with Jesus by his side. 
And he gets back in the boat. And here's how I believe the conversation went in that boat when he got back in. You may all call me crazy today. But years from now, people are going to look at you for being the crazy ones. Because you didn't dare to trust God and have faith in God. Here's what I want you to grab a hold of from that thought. Don't allow your destiny to be shaped by today's opinions. Don't allow your destiny to be shaped by other people's opinions. You're crazy for what you're doing. Oh, you're crazy for going to church. Oh, you're crazy for giving. You're crazy for serving. Oh, man, that's old-fashioned. Who doesn't do that? Oh, come on, just come and drink with us. Come and do this kind of stuff. You're crazy for not doing. Don't allow your destiny to be shaped by the opinions of today, of what people would want to say for your life. Because I want you to know something. You're not just called for today. Your life is called to build a future. You're going somewhere and your life should be going somewhere. And in order to get there, it's going to take some sacrifice for today. It's going to take some sacrifice for today. I heard this statement years ago and I thought, wow, how true is this? And here's how it goes. If you pay now, you can play later. But if you want to play now you're going to end up paying later. Think about that in the thought of working. You're paying now. You're working hard. You've got a job. You're going to work each and every day. But because you're, what, paying hard now, guess what? You can play hard later. Because you'll be able to retire and you'll have a pension and you'll have... But there's many people that aren't paying now and not playing later, but they're playing now. And as a result, guess what? They are paying for it later. And by the time it's time to pay, it may be too late. And people are still struggling. Come on, it's time to pay now so we can play later. It's time to sacrifice now. Every one of us is here today on some shape or form of another's sacrifice. See, someone else given. I don't know what it was to go on to the cliffs in Normandy and to see all the, the, the graves of those on D-Day who gave their lives for our freedom to conquer Adolf Hitler and, and, and the German regime that was sweeping this world. People gave their lives that day so we can be free today. Wow, that was a sacrifice. Come on, there's the sacrifice of someone's hard work. Someone put in the effort for you and worked hard. A parent that worked hard and did that. We're here today because of that. We have the benefits of that today. We're here because of someone else giving financially and investing in us, seeing some worth in us. Someone giving instruction and time when we were unruly and someone took us aside and said, Son, Daughter, hey, come on, let me just show you and taught you a trade or just helped you. You are here. Your life has been shaped in some way by someone else's involvement or sacrifice that they have given into you. Even church. Church happens because of others' sacrifice. We demonstrated this last year with our No Serve Sunday. That was tough for a lot of people. Wow, I've got to watch my kids during church. Yeah, we don't have no workers. How am I going to get to church? I'll ride the bus. Sorry, no buses. But what about the breakfast and the coffee that I need? I mean, give me my coffee. Sorry. And it was such a point, wasn't it, that day that when 
someone else doesn't sacrifice to get out of bed a little bit earlier, to be on a schedule, to be on a rotor, to be on a list, to be on a connect team that's serving other people. It makes a big difference. Church is built on others' sacrifice. Come on, someone paid for that chair that you sit in. Come on, someone paid what's to the sound system that you're hearing today. You can hear why because of a sacrifice that someone gave. You can enjoy church today because someone's watching your screaming kid in the nursery. And just close your eyes and you won't even see the number that comes on the screen. So just let that baby cry. Only joking. If you see your number, run. But it's a sacrifice that people made. You are sitting in someone else's sacrifice today. You think it was easy for them? Do you think it was easy for them? No, of course it wasn't easy because if it was easy, it wouldn't be called a sacrifice. I looked up the word sacrifice in the dictionary, thought it was pretty neat. It says, the art of giving up something that you want to keep. Come on, sometimes you can look at that money in that tithe check and say, man, I could do a lot of things with that, you know. Come on, anyone else with me? Am I the only one? Man, I could stay in bed a little bit longer. Oh, Judah didn't sleep good last night. Oh, man, let me just stay in bed. Let me go to the 11 o'clock. Oh, man, I'll go to the Wednesday night. There you go. I'll just miss Sunday. (laughs) It's giving up something you want to keep. We're good at giving up something we don't want. Oh, yeah, you can have that. (laughs) Church is full of stuff that's other people's junk that they don't want anymore. We don't want your junk. We want your treasures. Come on, we want the best because it's only the best for the house of God. So a sacrifice is giving something you want to keep, especially in order to get or do something else. Listen to what it says. Or to help someone. So a sacrifice is giving up something that I want to keep. But as I give it, I can help somebody. I love that. I love that. It costs. Sacrifice costs. It costs. But it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's a gift that will keep on giving. Why? Because it won't only come back to us. It's going to be seen in the lives of other people around It's like that old joke. Remember that old joke? The difference between commitment and getting involved is like a bacon and egg breakfast. Come on. The chicken was involved, but the pig was committed. Anyone with me of that? Come on, the chicken was involved. Hell, she or he laid an egg. Hopefully she laid an egg. But guess what happened? The pig had to be fully in. Come on now. Come on, no slice of bacon. It's either bacon or not. It's everything. One sacrificed and the other just gave a little. Come on, one sacrificed but the other gave a little. So what now? So if I'm sitting in someone else's sacrifice, what now? Well, I'm the link to the next part. Because if I stay just sitting in someone else's sacrifice then I'm not going to make the way for someone else to sit in my sacrifice. If I don't do anything, guess what? It stops. And there is no future. There is no vision. There is no next person to be touched. You and I are the link that keeps this thing going. 
That's what vision is. It's the link that keeps things going. Look at this. Without you, there won't be a them. Without you, there won't be a them. You and I are all called to pave the way to prepare for the next generation. Our sacrifice may not be rewarded today. We may not see the rewards today. But it will be returned back in the future. And it will be returned back in the life of someone else. That's the power of vision. Each serving and doing their part and together accomplishing greatness. I want to read a scripture today. If you would turn to Ezekiel 37. We're going to read the scripture today. And as you turn into Ezekiel 37 or get ready to read that scripture, say with me, someone else's sacrifice. Just remember that. Come on, say that. Someone else's sacrifice. Come on, I'm sitting today in someone else's sacrifice. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 3. Then the hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, they were very many in an open valley and indeed they were very dry. In other words, there was much death. There was a lot and it was all dead. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. So here's Ezekiel. He's in the valley of bones. God has caused him to be in the middle of it. He's walking through it all. He's looking. Most people feel that it must have been the scene of a great battle. It must have been a battlefield because the bones weren't buried. They were laying out on the open. A battle, a war had taken place. And what is the question that is asked amidst this battlefield, amidst this death, amidst all these dry bones? What is the question that's asked? Son of man, that's you and I, can these bones live? In other words, is there hope? Can you see hope for that which is dead all around you. And we're not just talking about dead. We're talking about completely dead because the bones were dry. Everything was gone. And Ezekiel gives a safe answer. Ezekiel, I think, is a lot like many of us. He says this, oh God, only you know. Come on, it's a pretty safe answer. Really, God, you're the only one that can answer that because here's where Ezekiel is. I'm just playing the part of Ezekiel. And if he wasn't like this, Ezekiel, sorry, I'll say sorry to you when you get to heaven. But I'm sure in his mind, while he's saying only you know, he's looking around and saying, how could this ever change? I mean, how could anything ever change? I'm not seeing it. Come on, I'm really even struggling to even begin to believe that anything could change what I'm standing in the midst of. I want to use this as illustration to you today. Anyone's ever played basketball or any kind of sport? You see, what happens is this. You've got to pass the ball in order to be able to play the sport. So watch this. Rob, can you catch? Watch this. Here's what's just happened, okay? Watch what's just happened. God said to Ezekiel... Can these bones live? What is Ezekiel's reply? Back to you, God. Come on, are you with me? Only you know, God. Can you see what's happening? So God's saying to him, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's going, oh, quickly, back to you, God. Only you know this. But it's very interesting what happens next. Are you ready? Look what happens next. 
verse 4 through 6. And God said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you. I will bring flesh upon you. I will cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you shall live. Then you will know that I am the Lord God. Love that. So what has now happened? Here's God. God says, back to you. (laughs) Did you see that? God says, can they live? He says, only you know. God says, back to you. And what does God say to Ezekiel to do? Now it's up to you to speak. You got to start speaking. You got to start prophesying. If you want to see the life brought back to others that which may look hopeless, come on, God's saying, now I'm the only true source of life. Let's just get this right. God says, I'm the only source of life. But God says, as you begin to speak, I will send life. So what now happens as Ezekiel begins to speak? Guess what? Now it's back to who? Now it's back to God. Now it's back to God. It is now in the hands of God. I want you to see something. We're talking about vision today. If you're just going to sit in church and you're not going to speak and you're just going to grumble and complain about everything, you're holding a ball and the game has stopped. But I want you to know something. God has thrown the ball in your court and God has said, hey, I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond your wildest dreams, your greatest hopes and your greatest expectations. So what now? What now? Back to you, God. Come on, pass it back to God. Come on, give it back to God. Because as I speak, come on, say as I speak. As I speak, life comes back. Because as I speak, I pass it back to God. And then God can begin to do the things that only God can do. You see, God needs you. God desires you. God wants you. He wants to use you, just like he's used others in the past to build our lives and to be the sacrifice for us. God now wants to use you. Oh, I can't do that. You can pass it back to God. You can just have that faith and say, God, I'm going to begin to speak. I'm going to begin to go. I'm going to begin to do. Notice, you're not the one that brings about the change, but you're the one that what starts the change as you begin to speak. And then it's up to God. The ball's in God's hands. Come on, say with me, the ball's in God's hands. No greater hands. Come on, no greater hands. You know, the hands that hold the world. I mean, that's some powerful hands right there. God says to Moses, has the hand of the Lord or the arm of the Lord been shortened? God's able. Oh, but I can't speak. God says, you just say what I tell you to say. Back to you, God. I wonder today what you're speaking. You see, you've got two choices. Here's what you can speak. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, verse 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's only two choices of what you can speak. You can either speak death or you can only either speak life. And really, it's more than that. It's not only what you're speaking, it's also what you're listening to. Because you can listen to death and you can listen to life. And what happens, you will become the product of the environment that you're around. 
you're around negativity, you're going to be negative. You've got to watch what you're speaking and who's speaking into your life. Why? Because both good and bad, it's going to affect your life. In the good, thank God for it. I want to be around people that's going to build my life, that I can speak into them and they can speak back to me. But I've got to watch the ones that are draining my life and taking from me. Am I speaking life or death? Oh, Pastor Philip, it's a valley of dry bones. Yeah, it sure is. But things will never happen. And things will always stay the same way if you're just speaking death. I'm sick and I'll never be healed. Guess what? Then just enjoy your sickness. Well, my family's never going to be saved. Well, guess what? They probably won't be. Well, my life will never change. Well, guess what? That's your confession. You're going to create the world that you live in by the words that you say. So you're framing your life. God says, can it happen? Boom. Only you know God. Boom. God says, begin to speak. And then guess what? The ball's now back in God's court if you've passed it on. If you've passed it. You see... That's not vision speaking death. Vision is not speaking death. Vision is speaking life. Speaking death and and saying things will never change is is giving up. And it's saying that God cannot do it. It's seeing the wrong things instead of seeing God in those things. Remember the 12 spies that went into the promised land? Every one of them saw the blessings of God. They saw the grapes that was the size of melons. I mean, they saw the blessings of God. But the problem was 10 of them also saw the giants and the obstacles and the fact that they doubted the ability of God. Thank God Joshua and Caleb, two out of the twelve, they saw God. Oh, they saw the blessings, but they saw the ability, they saw the hand of God. What are you seeing today? Because if you look good enough, you're going to see the blessings. And you're going to see God's ability and God's ableness if you'll just pass it on and just get in the game. If you'll just play the game. Look at this. You've got to watch. You don't see the mountains instead of seeing the mountain mover. God's still the mountain mover. He says, if you've got faith, I can move those mountains. Come on, say, move my mountain, God. But what happens is I have the faith. Boom. I've got to pass it on. I've got to have the faith. I've got to speak. I've got to be. Let me ask you another question. Do you think your life will ever be free from struggles and pain? Do you think that every night that you will sleep peacefully and you will never have another concern in your life? Any, any, anyone just believe that? That if, if there is someone in here, I was going to ask you, then please stand up and pray for all us. But then I thought about it. No, we're going to pray for you just to be set free from the spirit of delusion because you're dil- disillusioned. You've you got some issues. Come on, turn to your name and say, you've got some issues. You've got, you got some major issues. God doesn't say our lives will be free from pain. He doesn't say that we'll be free from struggles. But he tells us this, we've still got to speak. We've still got to speak. We've still got to keep proclaiming the word of God over our lives and the lives of others. Every day I pray scripture over my life. I do. I pray scripture over my kids. Here's a good one. You ready? So, uh, um, Isaiah 55:11. I don't have that on the screen. It says, his word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which it please, and it will prosper in the things which I send it. I pray that God, that you would cause prosperous and things to I, I pray the scriptures over my life. Come on, you've got to keep speaking the word of God. You've got to keep believing the word of God for his life, for your life. 
And that type of speaking involves more than just talking. You've got to live it. You've got to be it. Come on, don't, don't just talk about it. Live like it. Come on, don't just talk about it. Live like it. Walk like it. Live like it. Be it. Don't let your words become silenced ever by what you see or don't see happening around them. You've got to base your words upon your belief. God says, I can bring life into that which is dead if you'll just speak. Come on, we've got to throw it back and say, God, I'm going to speak. It doesn't look like there's life, but God, I'm just going to keep speaking. And he said, speak. So guess what? I'm going to keep speaking. I'm going to keep sacrificing. I'm going to keep living. Why? Because I want someone else to sit in my sacrifice. What I've created for them. Verse 7 and 8 says, so... I prophesied, I spoke as I was instructed, commanded. And as I spoke, prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling of the bones came together, bone to bone. And indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and their skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. As I spoke, something happened. Why? Because the ball is now in the hand of God. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, nothing happens if you don't speak. Nothing's going to happen if you don't speak. Come on, without you, your family's probably still going to be lost. Without you, those around you are going to be still sick and oppressed. They're going to still be dead. You're going to be in the midst of a valley of dead, dry bones. But God has strategically placed you there. What? To be his mouthpiece, to speak, to live it out, to be the sacrifice for those around. Again, you're here today because someone else spoke into your life. Someone else came to your hospital bed when you were broken and destitute. Someone came to visit you in jail. Someone came and said to to you when you were running the streets and you were crazy and you were mad. Someone prayed for you and spoke into your life, shared the gospel with you, loved you, sacrificed for you, paved the way for you to know God. I wonder today if you're going to be someone else's sacrifice. I wonder today if you're going to be someone else's sacrifice or you're just going to sit in someone else's sacrifice. Here's the truth. You can sit in someone else's sacrifice and you'll make it to heaven. You can sit right now where you're at and you're going to make it to heaven. Keep coming back every Sunday. You're going to make it to heaven. But what about the other people who are not sitting in here? What about the other people that don't know? Oh, you may make it, but what about them? Come on, see, vision's not just about you, is it? Vision needs you to touch other people's life. Come on, we need you to be someone else's sacrifice. We need you to be the voice for someone else. We need you to watch a kid so a parent can sit here and hear about Jesus. We need you to drive a bus so people can be brought here into the house. We need you to hold the door open and welcome people who feel so unloved and and discarded. We need you to be able to play an instrument. We need you to be able to clean a toilet and pick up trash. We need each and every one to give and sacrifice to create the opportunity for someone else to sit. Come on, say with me, someone else's sacrifice. I'm almost done. I'm amazed when people come up to me and they say this statement. Pastor Philip, I like a small church. I like a small church. 
They come in and say, I like this. I like a small church. You know what I usually say to those people? Well, don't like ours for long. Because we're not going to be small for long. Come on, if you're going to clap, then let's do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord. I say, don't like it long because we're going to continue to grow. Because anything that's alive will grow. That's just life. But there's so, it amazes me how selfish that statement is. I like the fact that I am comfortable while other people are dying and going to hell. Oh, I didn't say that. You really have. I like the fact we're small and it's, oh, I feel comfortable and I know everyone. You know what? I want to pastor a church that's going into this new year that you come in and you see new people each and every week. Come on, if you know everyone in church, we're not doing the job that God's called us to do because you need to not know everyone in church. You need to be knowing new people and meeting new people each and every week and each and every day. Now, here's my thought. If you like the feel of a small church, I can understand that where it's personal and it's real and you know people, that's fine. And here's how you get that. You get involved. You serve in a ministry team. You come to the ladies. You come to the men. You come on a Wednesday night. You get involved. If you want that smallness, then hey, you get small in the church by meeting other people. But don't say, oh, I like it to be small because I just like my comfort and forget everyone else. Look at the end of verse 8 again. He spoke, but there was no breath in them. But there was no breath in them. In verse 5, we see that God came to him and God commanded him to speak. He said, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. God said to him, that's what's going to happen. But as he spoke, he didn't see it happen. So what happens when it doesn't happen? What happens when you stand up and you get involved and you start speaking and you're living the life? What happens when things don't happen like you think they should? I'm telling you what needs to happen. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. Keep talking. Because as long as you keep speaking, you leave the ball in the hand of God that he can take the next shot. He can do the next thing. When you stop speaking and you stop being involved, he's going to throw the ball back to you. And you're going to be left holding the lives of those in your neighborhood in your hands. Holding those around you in your hands. Come on, I can't save anyone. God, you've got to do it. But God, I've got to be the mouthpiece and the vessel that you're going to use. And he said to me, verse 9, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say, Thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Now, not only are you speaking your words, you are now speaking under the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God. Come on, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Come on, Holy Spirit is not just a salvation experience. We need that, and it's the Spirit that leads us to salvation. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk with us and talk us. We need an Acts 1 verse 8 encounter that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll speak with other tongues, and you will be filled with power from on high. We need that power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You need to be seeking that this year. Come on, you need to be crying out for that and say, God! fill me with your Holy Spirit because as I verse 10 prophesied as he commanded me come on breath came into them and they lived again and they stood up an exceedingly great what army what's the purpose of an army to conquer 
to protect, to save lives. That which was lost and dead had no hope is now what? A mighty army of God. You know what the vision for church is? Those who were addicts, those who were sinners, those who were incarcerated, those who were under the bondages of sin. Come on, adulterers. Those of the outcast. God wants to take people like that and make them an exceedingly great army that's going to conquer this world for Jesus Christ, that's going to protect other people, serve other people, fight for those who cannot fight. Verse 11, And he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, and indeed the bones are dry and all hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Sounds a lot like the picture of the world that we're in today. I know he's talking to Israel, but it's us today. There's so many people around us saying we're dry. All hope is gone. We're cut off. There is no way. But what did it take to happen? What did it take for an exceeding army? What did life take? It took two, three, two things. Are you ready? Number one, it took a man. And number two, it took the man. Come on, it took Ezekiel. It took you. It takes me. It takes a man. And then it also involves the man. That his Holy Spirit, his power will come upon you. But what? It first involves you speaking and trusting God. Someone else spoke for you, stood up for you, at the risk of being labeled a fool and crazy. And spoke that life could come into you and equip you for your service. Will you speak for others in 2015? Will you be a vessel of God? Will you be a conduit for His Spirit to flow through? Will you allow His Holy Spirit to not only affect your life and mess up your life in a good way, but also to change other people's? Come on, say with me, someone else's sacrifice requires my sacrifice. Come on, thank God for someone else's sacrifice. But now what's required is my sacrifice. Because without you and me, it's still a valley of dry bones. But when we team up to be used by God, that which was lost can become an exceedingly great army. The kingdom of God needs you. That's what vision is. Partnering with God to impact and change this world. To give and share that we'll see life, love and purpose come into the lives of those people. That's our vision. Life starts, love happens. Purpose is revealed. Realizing your life can make a difference. And each week we're going to speak. Even if we don't see it, we're going to keep speaking. Because as long as we keep speaking, we leave the ball in his hands. And he's the one that's going to do the task. Will you speak with us? Come on, will you serve with us this year? Come on, will you be a part of one of our Connect teams, volunteering to serve in the church in some capacity, in some way? Will you build with us this year? Will you believe with us this year? Will you give with us this year? For some of us, we need to start giving more. We're just tipping God. We need to start tithing at least. Will you sacrificially give this year? Will you commit with us? Will you be a part of life, love, and purpose with us? Come on. I don't want to just sit in someone else's sacrifice. I want to make the way for someone else. I know we've run over today. Would you stand to your feet today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. 
But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.